Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Growing Social Now Live. This is our first live ever. So it's a test case, first time on StreamYard. And so uh, we figured out a lot of stuff today, didn't we, Fiji? <laughs> yeah, this was a good experience in troubleshooting StreamYard as well as preparing to go live. It was it was fun. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So um, I'm Barbara Rusconi and Growing Social Now is my podcast. I've started Growing Social Now Live, which is a new thing today of Growing Social News. And so I'm just looking at all the different ways we can bring the information you need to know about how to be a better marketer. So today I'm honored to be with my daughter, Phoebe Svoboda. <laughs> Welcome, Phoebe. Yeah, thank you, Barbara. It's a pleasure to be here on the live. Uh, I have been in marketing for almost 10 years now, and part of that has been a pleasure to work with you a little bit on some live events that we've done and just do marketing together. So yeah, this is a fun new step in that. It sure is. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when we look at what's going on in 2023, we started the year with AI just kind of hanging out and people were just playing with it. It was kind of in the background. Mm -hmm. And throughout the year, AI has grown to be so impressive that some people are even suggesting that Times Person of the Year should not be Taylor Swift. It should really be AI. And I have to say that AI has become more and more and more pervasive or immersive, whatever you want to call it. It's like kudzu in the South. It is everywhere. It's not going anywhere. And as marketers, we really need to be aware of all the opportunities and then all the risks that are involved with AI. And right up front, I'm going to tell you, we're not going to cover everything you need to know today, but our goal, <laughs> we'd probably be here, who knows how long, but our goal is just to get you thinking about how you could use AI better and maybe you can just take it to another level that you didn't know that was possible. So let's jump right in. Um, AI and marketing is, is something that, you know, it's a natural place for AI to go. Marketers do a lot of different things. They work with numbers. They're very creative. They come up with strategies. It's kind of like we were made for each other, like peanut butter and chocolate. Would you agree, Phoebe? I would both agree and disagree. I think that... Um as exciting as it is to be able to use it for potential use cases as far as marketing goes, I think there are also some scary pieces, which of course we'll discuss later on. But um, I think it can be extremely beneficial and make a marketer's job not just simpler and help mm -hmm. to save time, but also even add some robustness that may have been missing in the past. Maybe there are pieces of the content strategy that we weren't able to see until AI brought some of those results to us. Yeah, I would agree. It's a great place, even if you just start brainstorming, you know, mm -hmm. and you want to make sure you didn't forget anything. AI is a great tool to use for that, but you have to be very careful. And yeah. if you don't have the right prompt, you know, we used to say garbage in, garbage out when I did computer programming. And boy, that's true with AI, isn't it? Phoebe? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, that's part of what makes it really important is because as far as speaking to AI and marketing, yes, you can utilize a tool like ChatGPT and make sure that the prompt is very, very precise and that everything you're looking for is there. The more descriptors that you put in, the more robust whatever you're typing is, the more precise result you're going to get out and the better it will apply to what you're using. But Beyond that, of course, there are new tools cropping up every day that marketers can potentially use. And 
make their jobs potentially easier, like I said earlier, but also, you know, maybe even help them discover things that they weren't doing yet. Yeah. One thing I like is coming up with, um, uh, they call it engineering prompts or you can have just a, a real detailed prompt. But if you have one that you use for everything, like if I'm writing a blog post, I'll say, take this blog post, I can use it to edit it and say, you know, clean up the grammar, make it for this audience. What else would you add? That's something I like to do. Another thing I like to do is ask, what are these people really looking for? Because mm -hmm. I think a lot of times as marketers, we think we know, or as salespeople, we know what you want. Well, maybe you don't, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. It could be beneficial when looking towards a new client or a new industry that you're not familiar with and to kind of expedite any potential research and get, you know, that launching point to get started with getting to know that a little bit better. And you were mentioning editing blog posts. I know that outside of something like chat GPT, there's also, you can use it with Grammarly and Grammarly mm -hmm. has some AI mm -hmm. extensions built into there, not sponsored by Grammarly, but I do love utilizing that tool. Oh, so yeah. that's a potential application is as you're writing, you can have that. Maybe you want to change your tone and sound more professional or more casual mm -hmm. or have your blog post really be written for a very specific audience that, you know, maybe you're hearing that it's not hitting that mark yet. You can use it to help guide that transition even after you've already written all the content for the blog post. So there's use cases like that for marketers too. I know there's a lot of people who graphic design is part of their role. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of applications that I've seen friends of mine in graphic design use, whether it's something really simple, you need to add in a detail to a photo or you could make an entire photo. But of course there's downsides to that. We'll get to that when we get to more of the potential risks. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah. Yeah. Those are, yeah, those are all great points. And do you think you could take it and ask it to take like the general information? Let's say you're using, you're, you're working in the hotel industry, but now you kind of want to pivot to travel. Do you think you could ask ChatGPT to, to uh, reformat it or repurpose the content and add more in? Yeah, absolutely. I think that would probably be more of a case of like changing where you want this to land in the funnel. Mm -hmm. So maybe you're looking at people who are just kind of more, ideating that they want to travel somewhere and you want this to appeal to more of those kinds of folks as opposed to people who are actually thinking of going to a specific location and potentially going to your hotel. So mm -hmm. I think it could really change the potential tone if you asked it the correct prompt and put your blog post in there and said, please change this to this kind of tone, this kind of language targeted towards this kind of person. Even mm -hmm. I think it could potentially help you with maybe you want to use your keywords more. You could probably feed some SEO keywords in there that you need to make sure are used throughout the site and then have it ensure those are utilized or even double check that they're being utilized properly and that they aren't mm -hmm. just put in there at will. So there are some applications that are very, very beneficial, I think, um, that can really make a marketer's job more easier, whether it is a blog post, whether it is doing keyword research. And I think the main pro for me is where it would be kind of an accessory, like a little sidekick to a marketer's role where they're saying, okay, I need to start something. Maybe you're having trouble getting the brainstorm going. You could put in a few ideas and then get ideas for a title. For an example, 
the title today, Smart Strategies, Sharp Risks, The Marketing Pro's Guide to AI. I asked ChatGPT to come up with a few title options, putting mm -hmm. in the basic description of what we were going to discuss. And that is one of the prompts that it gave us, that it said this might be a good title. So coming up with a title, if you're feeling like you can't brainstorm, if you are, you know, maybe you're writing some ad copy and you want some variations on that, or even want to just see what it has to say. Sometimes I kind of just like seeing what it has to say. You know what I mean? Right. Like maybe I want to see like what exactly can it do? If I told mm -hmm. it I've written ad copy for Meta, I would also like some ad copy for a LinkedIn audience. And you say the exact kind of audience, what kind of answer would it spit out? And I think there's a lot of fun in playing around with it. Like it's mm -hmm. a whole, you know, a sandbox essentially. Exactly. Yeah. So do you think that helps keep your creative spark going and your creative fires fueling? I think if you use it smartly, because I think mm -hmm. if somebody relied on a tool too much, any kind of tool that you're using for marketing, mm -hmm. then, you know, you don't want it to become something that's kind of like a crutch. And if it got taken away that you wouldn't know what to do without it. Like mm -hmm. when you're taking a test in school and they say, well, you can't use a calculator. You don't mm -hmm. want to become reliant on the calculator. So I think it's a good muscle to flex for mm -hmm. anybody. I think mm -hmm. it's an important thing to have on a resume that you're able to use AI wisely. And I think even something as myself being a millennial that millennials have been praised for in the past is their ability to Google something. And yeah. that sounds so simple. But the transition of I know how to Google something to I know how to write a prompt mm -hmm. to get AI to successfully produce something that we're looking for, I think is really beneficial. I would agree. Yeah, it's it really and it, what's nice about AI and generative AI is that you can keep the conversation going. So if you don't like what it's saying, you could say, could you do something different? Yes. Uh, but you did bring up, uh, um, you know, something to think about what happens to that creative muscle. Mm -hmm. And I know I was talking to a writer who said writers don't know what to think about it. And I think they're pretty much on the side of they're not going to use it, which I wouldn't want a real creative writer to use. I mean, I know yeah. people are writing novels, but I know myself when I asked ChatGPT to, to write something, it doesn't sound like me and I can go in and edit it. But it just it, it feels off. You know, it's kind of like mm -hmm. you're dropped into somebody else's house and you're getting ready to go somewhere. None of the clothes are right. But I mean, they're appropriate and they could be really cool, but they're not yours. Right. So let's talk about some of the risks and concerns. One of them being is what happens to that authenticity and authenticity is the number one word of the year with Merriam-Webster. But I've been hearing people say you've got to be authentic for, I'm going to say, 15 years at least in social oh, yeah. media marketing, probably longer. But do you think um, that's a risk is maybe losing your authenticity and your creative edge? Absolutely. Yeah. Losing a part of your voice, I think, would be a huge risk that is potentially mm -hmm. involved there, because if you get too reliant on it, you don't want it to just kind of sound like a robot is doing the talking. Right. And you don't want it to if you're providing writing examples for a potential client, you don't want it to seem as though they don't feel organic or genuine, especially mm -hmm. depending on the kind of content it is. If it is something that's, you know, more heartfelt and less scientific than you do want it to have that real sense of self. Mm -hmm. So that's potential risk for sure. Uh, I think um, 
with that authenticity too, there's people are on the internet easily believing things and finding whoever they follow, if they're posting something and Mm -hmm. they trust that person, or even if they're just on a platform they trust, whether Mm -hmm. that's TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, what have you, they're inherently willing to trust something. Some people are. um, And those things might not be authentic, whether it is a video, because AI can produce videos for you, it can produce photos, it can produce songs. Right. So I have seen there are also tools to suss out things that are AI, whether it is a voice in something. I think mm-hmm. with photos, while it is getting somewhat harder to tell, imagery, it can be like you were saying, you're going out and you know, you're, you're wearing an outfit, but it's not your outfit. I'm sure we've talked about the photo of the Pope before where he's wearing like that jacket. That's definitely not something that the Pope would wear a little bit of, I think as AI increases in use, there Mm -hmm. is a lot more need for internet users, marketers, whoever Mm -hmm. you are to have more kind of comprehension and understanding of you can't just inherently trust everything you're seeing online. And that's been the case since the internet began. But now it's really, you need to do that extra step and say, is what this person's saying actually true? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you think it'll make people a little bit more, I mean, they're always curious, but do you think it'll make them a little bit more suspect? And then if you, if you are a hint of being unbelievable, then they're going to discount you. Do you think people will get to that point? I mean, it's very possible. I think it's already happening because I'm seeing a lot of um, YouTubers get accused of plagiarism for one, which is another issue that could be a potential risk. You don't want it because AI it's pulling from the internet. It -hmm. could be pulling content from different articles and different pieces that Mm -hmm. it's not yours and it's not the AIs either. So plagiarism is an inherent risk, but I've seen a lot of people talking about writers, YouTubers, content creators, plagiarizing work from others but there's also the risk of them just making things up because it sounds good. So I think people are sensationalizing things. They've done that forever. But um, I think people in today's age are more suspect of the content that they're taking in. So they're saying, I don't know if I believe that. Let me just mm-hmm. search it. And then if it's not true, that will only build on the potential distrust. So I think it's, really good for people to have a sense of, I don't know if I trust that online because Mm -hmm. I mean, people get scammed online people. So it's not like, you know, reading something that isn't true is the worst thing that can happen to you online. You don't want to get scammed. So having that inherent sense of, I don't know if I trust what I'm seeing is really, really healthy. You don't want to get to a point where you're just saying, oh, well, I trust AI and robots completely because we don't know what the future holds. We don't. And I like what you said, making things up because it sounds good. ChatGPT is an expert at this. You know, I'll ask it to do things and it'll, it'll make something up and I'll be like, well, where did you get that? And <laughs> well, it's something that could be really great. I'm like, yeah, but it, it's not. So it, it's- there is a, a tool that I like. It's called perplexity.ai. Okay. And that one does fact check and it does have sources. So I'm not going to say it's 100% accurate. It might be, but that's one of the concerns. You have to look at accuracy. And even if I say, can you suggest a quote from someone? And I'll mention the author. They will come back with quotes that have nothing to do with them. And they could have been attributed to that person on the internet, or maybe ChatGPT just thought that sounded really good. So 
Yeah, you just have to. It's like you know, as a, you got to take it with a grain of salt. You know, you're just not, or maybe a whole salt pillar. You just yeah. don't know what you're getting. <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh, one of the other. That just remind me of one of the other um, main risks that I think is as a marketer one of the scarier ones for me personally, and I know that has affected people that I know is the fact that if AI continues to go how it's going and it already has done, it could eliminate roles of marketers mm -hmm. out in the workforce. And I think that's the scariest potential risk is that there are really talented, really creative marketers out there who their light isn't being shown because of these tools, creating content and creating blog posts. But if you read stuff that's been created by AI, some of it sure, I'm sure is very good, but some of it is very obviously written by AI. Because the thing is, you can have AI write a blog post, you can have it write all of your website copy. But at the end of the day, people are going to be able to tell that it's inauthentic and that it's not coming directly from a person or a brand mm -hmm. or what mm -hmm. have you. So I think there's that risk of you know, job loss and losing in, losing the authenticity kind of going hand in hand. Um, so that's a scary risk. And it is one that, like I said, this is already happening and that it's eliminating jobs, which again is unfortunate because, you know, it's like with any industry, something made by a machine, I'm not going to enjoy is something that was mm -hmm. made by a person. Like I'm sure the sweater I'm wearing was made by a machine. Mm -hmm. But something that was hand knitted by a person, you can tell the difference. It's very, it's, it's genuinely like palpable. You can actually feel it. So I know that's not, it's not quite as tangible with something like marketing, but I think um, going forward, the main hope is that companies will continue to value their people and their potential at their role instead of going with the cheaper version, the machine. Right. And I think companies that, um, you know, if they're concerned about corporate culture, which is a huge mm -hmm. draw for millennials and Gen Z, probably every generation, but even more so for those, then they're really going to want to make sure that they have a place. And I think one thing that AI can do for creative people, though, is it kind of can take away some of just the boring doldrums of coming up with um, ideas or doing editing. I mean, there's some things that you do as a creative person that can really wear you down. So yeah. my hope is that we can keep people where they are and even grow business with AI. That's kind of what I'm hoping because I feel like it can be something that can really help us achieve goals and help us even become more creative. But there are a lot of risks and a lot of concerns. And one of mine is ethics. I know yeah. when I, it's, it's funny because I podcast guests and I feed the um, transcript into AI and I say, write a summary. So for one of them, this person was a woman who is at the top of her field and if <clears throat> really should be on a leader's list. That person came away with none of the, of the um, highlights, but then I interviewed a man who didn't really have that kind of background and they positioned that person as being a C-suite leader. So there is some implicit bias yeah. in AI. And I think you have to be really careful of that. I know that there's supposed to be some, some kind of uh, work on that. There's a project to help it be less biased, but I think you really do need to pay attention to that. Absolutely. Yeah. So what other risk or concerns are there for marketers with using AI? What have we not talked about yet? 
Well, I feel like we've covered a lot of the main bases and what the risks and the concerns are is that, you know, there's the concern of inauthenticity and things not feeling like they're organic or coming from a specific source. There's plagiarism and that we don't know where this is coming from. Oh, um, I thought of one that we didn't talk about yet. Uh, There is the potential risk of how secure is AI. If you're putting information in here, it's a good that one. is sensitive to the company. Mm-hmm. You don't know where that's going. That could be then reused by AI to do something. So there is, I think, the security threat potential. I can't believe I just I just remembered that I want to talk about that one. Um, that's for a some big companies, one. that mm-hmm. is a very serious risk because you know there'll be you'll go through all the training to understand this is information that shouldn't be shared. That's information that shouldn't be shared. I'm sure in some roles you have to sign an NDA to talk about certain information and not talk about certain information. Even talking about, you know, Taylor Swift being the person of the year with all of her album releases and all of the ways that she surprises her fans, there has to be so much information that is on lockdown under lock and key with a movie coming out, like Mm -hmm. a new, a really, really big movie that's coming out there. They don't want anybody to know what's happening in the movie. If Mm -hmm. somebody was doing the marketing and putting in information about the movie into AI, Mm -hmm. I would be concerned that that information could potentially leak out. So the security risk element, I think, is very real. And I would caution folks to be wary about exactly what they're typing in there. And two, even if you are putting your own writing in there to say, can you edit this to make it be this tone or that tone? Do you know that AI won't then use the words that you have personally written to right. create content for somebody else? I think that that's going really, really, really at the top of like concern about this and maybe mm-hmm. being a little too wary, but the potential is there. So I think just being very cautious about exactly what information you feed into that obviously this isn't something that you would put like your personal information to like your social security number, but you know, it's the same thing with making sure your passwords are safe. You wouldn't put passwords in there, you know? So I think that's a really big one. Are there any other risks that you want to, you can think of or want to talk about? Yeah. I think one of the ones that I thought of is, you know, when we got started with graphics on the internet, everybody was using clip art or stock photos. And so the people who were in one stock photo website or brochure were working at other companies and you got, it got so that you recognize these people and and you it blurred the image of the company you were looking at because you saw these people everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things with AI it's the, the, um, Artificial intelligence is so quick to just erase any kind of personal mention or any personality. I mean, I type things in and I'm like, how would you improve this? Even LinkedIn, LinkedIn has its own AI right now. So if you do a post, you know, I'll say, okay, write it, rewrite it with AI. And then it takes out the names of people or it'll say, you mentioned too many people. So I'm going to take these people out. And I'm like, no, I wanted to tag them all. Uh, I have to go back and I'm like, how? and it always picks the people have really short names that are easy to pronounce. So I'm sure I would always make the cutting room floor. But um, I just think you have to be aware. It's it's just really important to think that personality, I talk a lot about personality and reputation. Mm -hmm. Your personality is going to just be erased and muted with AI and your reputation, you know, it can make up the reputation for you, but it's one you have to live up to. 
So I feel like we've talked a lot about risks and concerns. And yes, it's easy. I love it. I did win True Confession. I won second place in the neighborhood chili cook-off with a recipe that ChatGPT wrote, but there were oh, too many peppers wow. in it. So I took them out. But, you know, I, I do like using it for a lot of different things. But it's it almost needs like a disclaimer, don't you think? Disclaimer. Yeah. Uh, we use it because I, I don't, I, the reason we wanted to talk today is to talk to marketers and just have you be aware of what you're doing. And I know that people who listen to me, I love you all. I know you're really ethical and you're super smart and brilliant and we want you to stay that way. So uh, maybe we've talked about a lot of different things. I, do you have any kind of I don't know any predictions for where AI is going to go in 2024, or if you don't, what would you like to see AI do that it doesn't do now? How would you improve it? Yeah. So I think there, we've only scratched the surface of what right. AI is able to do. And I'm worried that I'll say something that I'd like to see it do. And someone will say, it already does that. How did you not know that? <laughs> um, because I'm sure like in the future, AI will be able to be a personal assistant to someone. And yeah, yeah. flights. Because I mean, even when you're in your email, when you start, when you open to reply to an email, it'll give you a few potential prompts to how to mm -hmm. respond to the email. So I think it'll be able to do entire jobs. And I mean, already seeing how it could potentially get rid of roles for marketers. I think it could do that for a lot of industries, which is the negative side of it. But I think it could also potentially make people's lives a lot easier. I think there are a lot of places where it's just starting to be used a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are a lot of things that are nice about it. It is really good to some days my brain is just not working right. It is really mm -hmm. nice to be able to just type. Can you give me some examples of a title? I can't think of a good quippy title right now. Mm -hmm. Give me some examples, some jumping off points before I maybe use a few pieces and put together my own. Um, as to what I'd like to be able to see it do, that's a tough question because I don't, I'm somebody who's skeptical of new technology. Mm -hmm. I love tech. I love you know, my video games, I love my phone, <laughs> I use my phone way too much. So it's weird for me to be skeptical of so much tech when I love so many other tech pieces that I use. But I don't know, I think there are ways that it can make people's lives easier without necessarily, you know, being a detriment. I do like that I have extensions that are able to find coupons for me. That's something so simple, but I think that's the kind of ways I'd like to see mm -hmm. it make people's lives easier um, is to actually help in ways that are monetarily beneficial or, you know, beneficial to the world somehow. One of my favorite right. um, chat, bot, chat bots that I use is ResistBot and ResistBot lets you whatever kind of cause that you are for there's probably a petition in ResistBot and it will help you reach out to the politicians that you need to reach mm -hmm. out to. It will help you, you know, become more aware of certain things. But I really like that that's just a bot that people put together that can help you make change in the world. So I'd like to see AI make positive change and help folks maybe, you know, find really good discounts on maybe pharmaceuticals that mm -hmm. they need, like you know, people that are diabetic or something or people that need anxiety medication, 
just to be a force for good. I know that's a lot to ask from something that's probably making a ton of money, but um, I'd like to hope that in the future it can be used as something good. But what about you? Well, I, that's what I was going to say. I, I think we need to figure out ways to really improve where we are right now. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm all about is productivity. So mm -hmm. I think that's one thing. And then also altruism. How can we give back? You know, so I, I think, you know, and that's what marketers love to do. We're here to help promote a message and make the world a better place for yeah. our companies and um, the employees who work alongside us and just, you know, really take the message and, and really... I, I think it's about inspiring, helping, solving problems, all those different things. And that's what AI can help us do. So Phoebe, we have talked. I can't believe this is 30 minutes. My God, <laughs> I think our experiment was successful. Would you agree? Yeah. And you were saying maybe it'll only be 15 minutes, but I think we could easily <laughs> talk for a full hour. <laughs> all right. Well, let's uh, talk again soon. And thank you to everyone who tuned in to our very first Growing Social Now Live. Stay tuned for more. And if you like podcasts, subscribe and listen wherever you like your, to get your podcasts. And we're also on YouTube now. So thanks so much. And uh, just wishing you all the best for a fabulous 2024. And thank you so much for being here with me today, Phoebe. You were fantastic. <laughs> thank you so much for having me, Barbara. Happy holidays, everyone. <laughs>